When I was in high school, we had to write an encouraging letter to someone else in the class, and it was random, and I got paired with our foreign exchange student named Freddie. Now, Freddie wasn't his real name. That was the name given to him by the superintendent, and he now had to be called Freddie, but it actually kind of fit him. He actually looked like a Freddie a little bit, and Freddie was really funny, and he wrote me one of the funniest letters that I have ever read in my entire life, and I get to share it with you guys. Um, You have to bear with me a little bit because his English is a little bit broken, but this is absolutely one of my favorite things ever. It says, Dear Joey, what's up, dude? We have known each other for three years. You are a funny and evil friend. When I first came to school, you teased me a lot, and all I could say was, I will kill you. The best thing you have ever done in your life is become my friend. If you didn't, I would, feed your li- I would feed your body to a lion. <laughs> Sometimes you are very dumb in class, but I like your psychoactivity. It makes me laugh a lot. Although you look like a monkey, you get all the girls. <laughs> I hope they all break up with you. They are pure and elegant, the opposite of you in every way. I'm totally kidding. You are gorgeous. I love you a lot from a super Korean who will take over the world under Kim Jong-un, your friend, Freddie. Now, to make this even worse and to show how horrible a friend I am, I didn't tell Freddie that you had to read this letter in front of the entire class. And the teacher was so upset with him after that because of some of the things that he wrote. And my friend had some very strong opinions about me. And people can have very strong opinions about us in life. And if we are not careful, those opinions can shape us to become someone that we were never supposed to be. And the crazy thing is so many of these opinions aren't even true but we let them get deep down into our heart and shape us and make us someone that we were never intended to be. People's words can really hurt and they can hold a lot of power. And some of you guys have become something that you never thought you would be because of all the words that people have spoken about you. But maybe God has something to say to you in the middle of what you are facing tonight. Maybe he hasn't abandoned you in what you feel like you are becoming. But you need to know this. You match in your life what you see in your mind. You match in your life what you see in your mind. If all you hear over and over again in your mind is horrible and negative things about yourself, guess what? That is what you are going to be. And it's so important that you know who you are, that you know where your identity is truly found. If not, you will be who others say you are. And I don't know about you, but I want to be who God says I am, not who everyone else says I am. I don't want to be a slave to other people's opinions. And if we were honest with each other tonight, We care more about what people say about us than what God says about us. And maybe we're a little bit embarrassed to even admit that, that we care more what our friends have to say or what our family members have to say than what God says 
about us. How backwards is that? That we care more about God's creation than the creator himself. You know what's even more crazy than that? Is we care so much what people say about us who we don't even know. Who've never taken the time to know who we really are. And we listen to their words. And they let, and we let our words or their words become our identity. Guys, we cannot be a slave to other people's opinions. Because if you do, you will never accomplish all that God has planned for you in your life. And it's so important that we see this truth. And we're going to get this right away in the beginning of Genesis. This is what it says in Genesis 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. Your true identity is that you were made in the image of God. His plan all along was for us to be a reflection of him. And so when you insult the product, you insult the manufacturer. When people come at you and say hurtful and mean things, it's like they're belittling God because every single person that God has ever created is in his image. And he has made them for a reason and a purpose. You are not a mistake no matter how many times you have heard that in your life, that is not truth. Have you ever noticed how you look different in photos all the time? Have you ever been getting ready to go to a party or go to school, something early in the morning, and you look in the mirror and you're like, dang, I look really good today, right? You're just feeling yourself. And then you see a photo from later in the day, and you're like, I am the ugliest creation that has ever walked on this earth, like ever. Like, how could it happen in such extremes like that? Or have you guys ever gone to take a photo, and the front-facing camera is on, and you actually scare yourself by how ugly you are? You're like, how did I just grow 10 chins? Like, this is so disturbing. See, the image that you are looking at is so important. Because not all images tell the truth. And we need to find our image in God. There is a way that God sees you, the way that you see you, and the way that others see you. And only one of these is the true image of yourself. And others will try to tell you who you are. And sometimes the biggest obstacle in our way is ourselves. We are the most negative person in our lives. We are our biggest critic. We think we can't do anything. But you know what? God's voice is still louder even than what we think about, about ourselves. You will never become the person you are destined to be if you let everyone else tell you who you are. And here's what I know. That some of you in this room are really hurting. But you're really good at pretending like you're not. You act like you have it all together. But you feel like you are such a waste of life and space. If that's you, could you just look at me for a second? I promise you that is not true. Do not give into that lie for one second. I guarantee you that God has something so special in store for you if you feel that down about yourself. And it's no mistake that you feel that down. The enemy is coming at you. Other people are, are coming at you because they don't want to see you walk in your full potential. Stop giving in to those lies. You know, we are really bad at staying balanced in our lives. 
We're maybe having a really good day and someone compliments us and we get really high from that, right? We just think we are so special and we can get so prideful so quickly. But in that same moment, in that same day, maybe someone says something really hurtful and we shift completely to the other side. We're never in the middle. But when Jesus is your image, when your identity is found in him, there is perfect balance. There is peace, there is joy in those moments when your identity is truly found in him and his calling on your life. And we're going to talk about a guy named Moses. And I'm sure a lot of you know about his story, but if any of you don't, I'll give you a quick little recap. Moses was born an Israelite, and Pharaoh had commanded that all the Israelite boys be murdered. But Moses' mother didn't want to see that happen. So she put him in a basket and sent him down the Nile and hoped for the best. And he arrived to Pharaoh's daughter. And he grew up an Egyptian prince. She took him in as her own. And Moses has these two sides at work in him. On one hand, he feels like an Egyptian prince. And the other hand, he feels like an Israelite who should be a slave. And so He is completely torn inside. And we're about to pick up in his story right after he has seen a fight happen between an Egyptian and an Israelite. And the Egyptian was beating up one of his own people. And Moses just loses his cool and murders the Egyptian. And we're going to learn a little bit more about the problem with identity from Moses tonight. We're going to start in Exodus chapter 2, verse 14. This is what it says. The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. And like I said, guys, he was stuck between two images. He didn't know who he really was. And a lot of you can relate to that feeling of not truly knowing who you are. And when that is the case, you will do things that are out of your character. See, Moses is kind of stepping into his calling, and he doesn't even realize it. His calling all along from birth has been to set free his people. And he sees something going on, and there's something building up inside of him. And he runs over to the situation, and it gets totally out of hand. Here he is doing what he was supposed to do, but not the way that God would have him do it. And when we don't know who we really are, there is this burning inside of us to be that person that we are called to be. But when our identity isn't truly found in Jesus, we will get carried away very quickly and do things that don't always align with God's heart and will bring pain and harm into our life. And Moses is terrified now that everyone is going to find out what he has done. And the man asks the right question right here. He says, who has made you? Because like I said before, if you don't know where you come from or who you are made by, then you'll let everyone else define you. You will begin to identify with your worst mistake. I see this all the time. People that I love and care about, when they're not really living in their purpose, when they're not sure where their identity is found, it's so easy 
to let your worst mistake become who you truly are. And some of you in the room right now feel like you'll never be able to truly escape from your worst day, from that terrible moment in your life. You think that is your new purpose and your new identity. You know what's so interesting about this story to me? Do you know how many times Moses' murder is mentioned in Scripture? Once. Just this one time right here. But if you and I were writing the story about our lives and our worst mistake, it would have been in every single chapter. We would have let that story go on and on. And here's what I want you guys to know, is maybe God doesn't see us through the lens of our worst mistake. Maybe he sees us through the lens of his grace, through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Maybe that's who we truly are, not our worst mistake, because we never hear about this moment from Moses ever again. And this is something pretty horrible. Like he murdered someone, but God still called him anyway. And your worst mistake, your worst day, does not stop you from walking in to God's full potential for your life. Stop letting that horrible thing be your identity. That's not the way God sees you. That's not the way that he would have you identify yourself. And so Moses is scared and he runs from his calling. Can I ask you a question? What are you running from tonight? What relationship What dream, what purpose have you been trying to get away from because you feel like you could never live up to that? Or maybe you feel like you can't keep going towards that because you are such a failure. There are too many things in your past that are holding you back from that. I think we're all running from something. I know that as I was working through this message, God showed me a whole bunch of things that I've been running from lately. And I do that when I'm not sure where my identity truly is. When I start to seek after other things. So what are you running from? We're going to jump now to Exodus chapter 3 and look a little bit deeper in Moses' story. And now a ton of time has passed and he has been living in the wilderness for a long time. But God hadn't given up on him yet. This is what it says. Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he fled And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horab, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does this bush burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. If I saw a burning bush and it started talking to me, I would have ran out of that place so quick. This is something so amazing that is happening right here for Moses. And I wanted to pause here for a moment because it's important that we remember this scene as we continue to work through the rest of the scripture here. 
We're going to jump down a couple of verses now and it says this. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God has called Moses to do something so amazing. He has predestined him into this purpose before time. Everything that has happened in his life has been leading up to this moment. And all Moses can do is doubt himself. All he can think about is how he shouldn't be the one to do this. Even though this has been God's plan all along. Let me tell you guys this. God chooses weak people to lead the strong. And he does that so his power will be made manifest through weak people who know they need God. And those weak people who lean into Jesus and his full potential are way more powerful than people who could do it on their own. And that's why he is called Moses, because he knows that if Moses will lean into his anointing and his calling, God will be with him and he will do amazing things. But he doubts God. And he has just seen something so amazing. He has just looked at a burning bush that was talking to him. And he's doubting God. What could be too difficult for a God that has done something like this? The words that were coming out of the bush were so powerful that if Moses walked any closer, he would have died. Because the ground was so holy and sacred. That's the God that we serve. Yet Moses is so unsure of himself. And I get that. Oftentimes, I don't doubt God in my life. I doubt myself. That if I could really live up to this full potential that he has called me to. And I think that's kind of what Moses is going through right here. Let's jump down to Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses says to him, God, since we started talking till now, nothing has changed inside of me. There is nothing special about me. I in no way will be able to communicate your word to set all of these people free. All Moses could see is what he was missing. And that's exactly what you and I do. Sometimes the only thing in front of us is all of our shortcomings, everything we don't have, and we miss out on all that God has placed inside of us. And if we would focus on the image and the good things that God has already worked inside of us, it wouldn't even matter what is missing. But we are so controlled by the negative. And people will always find what's missing in your life, and they will point it out. But you have to make a choice to believe God and that dream that he has placed in you, no matter how negative other people are in your life. I wonder if Moses had a whole bunch of people back in Egypt that constantly 
had a lot of opinions about him. I'm sure they did. Because people knew that he wasn't fully an Egyptian. And maybe they hated him because of that. Maybe they saw that he was lacking in some areas. And so he's really kind of embarrassed right here, even as God is saying all of this. And deep down, I think Moses knew he could do this. He felt something burning on the inside of him that told him he could walk into this full potential. But he also had another image of everything he wasn't. And he was stuck in between two worlds. And I think a lot of us feel that way sometimes. Like we can do this. Like there is something inside of us that's rising up that can walk into that full potential. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel righteous but I also know that I'm a little ratchet, right? So sometimes I feel like a worshiper, but I know that I can be really worldly sometimes. I'm speaking to someone right now. I mean, maybe it's just myself, but I know that sometimes I feel like I can be powerful and move in what God has called me to do, but I also feel all of the pain inside of me. And so there are these two images fighting for the direction of my life and the direction of your life, and you need to choose which image you really believe is correct. Some of you guys feel like a saint, but you also feel like a sinner at the same time. And there will always be choices that you need to make in this life to go towards God in the middle of your brokenness, in the middle of your failures and your shortcomings, even when you don't feel it inside of you. I want to be the person that God has called me to be, but oftentimes I find myself saying and doing things that I know he wouldn't be proud of. But in those moments, I choose to repent and keep going anyway. That even though these two things are at work in me, I know what God has said about me. No matter what anyone else says, I am going to be the man that he has called me to be. And I think Moses wanted to walk in that. But he was just far too broken inside. His identity was so messed up from birth. And it comes back to this. You match in your life what you see in your mind. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Moses forgets who he is talking to. He forgets that this is God, the creator of the whole world. And God tells him, Moses, it's me that has formed people's mouths. It is me that gives people sight. There is nothing I can't do. And I'm telling you that I am going to be with you. Even if Moses had all, every issue that could be possible when it came to being a leader or speaking or whatever it was, if God was going to work through him, that would be the greatest leadership of all time. That would be some of the greatest messages of all time because God had promised him that he would be with him and teach him how to do it. But Moses couldn't let go of the image of his past. He was so stuck. His identity was so messed up. And he continues to fight with God. And God goes, all right, Moses, if this is really what you want, I will use your brother Aaron 
to be my mouthpiece and tell all these people. And Moses does eventually step into his full calling, but not in the way that God had originally planned. He wanted him to do all of the speaking, but he ran from his calling because he didn't think it was inside of him. He didn't think he could do it. And so here comes his brother Aaron. Because you know what would break my heart the most? Is to see you guys run like Moses did right here. To think that God's power isn't enough because your identity is messed up. There is nothing that God can't do through you if he has placed that dream inside of you. He will make it happen no matter what anyone else says. No matter what you think and what you say about yourself. If God has planned it for you, it will happen. The level that you see yourself is the level that you settle on. Don't settle. Be someone who keeps going after God in that dream that he has placed inside of you. When I try to find my identity in other things besides Jesus, there is just always a part of me that feels broken inside. It feels like something is missing. And I'm not even talking about trying to find my identity in things that are bad. Even if I try to find my identity in things that are good, when Jesus isn't at the center of who I am, my whole life is a mess inside. I lose my peace. I feel sadness come over my life like never before. And lately, I've been looking for my identity in other places. And I have been fighting this on every front. And then just recently, as I was thinking about what to speak about, I was reminded on who truly holds my identity. And when I put that back in the place that it's supposed to be, suddenly my life is full again. And I feel joy and I feel peace. And some of you have been searching so desperately for meaning, for purpose. Stop looking in everything that this world has to offer. It can only be found in Jesus, and it will satisfy. Some of you are scared to do that because you feel like you'll be missing out on something by giving your heart fully to God. No, that's where true pleasure is. That is where true joy is. Just give it a chance and watch all that God will accomplish in your life. Part of my job is to be a professional cheerleader. I know what you're thinking. That's really creepy. Like, why'd you say it like that, Joey? But it's true. It's the best way I can think about it. I'm on the sidelines of your life, and I'm cheering you guys on. When the game feels like it's about to be lost, when it's fourth and long, I want you to know that you have a youth pastor that believed in you that thought the most of you, that would stand on the sidelines when it looked like everyone else was against you and told you that you could do it. Not because even I think that you are something so special, but because I know that God is on your side and he loves you and he cares about you. And I want to cheer you on through the darkest moments of life when you feel like everything is over, when you feel like there is no hope because I know that God will come through. If you keep believing and you keep fighting, I hope you guys know how much I truly believe in all of you and care about you so much. So many of people's negative opinions come from their personal insecurities. So many hard things that you guys have had to hear 
are because people have ran from their callings or settled or upset with their own life. And so all they can do is say really hurtful things to you because they feel so miserable inside. And maybe there is a little bit of truth in what they are saying, but I guarantee that's not your true identity. Just because someone has taken a little bit of truth doesn't mean it's a full truth. That's exactly what the devil does. He takes a little bit of truth and he twists it. And that's what people often do with their opinions because they can't see the full picture that God is working. So don't believe the lies of other people and the hurtful things that they have spoken over you. There are certain people I allow to speak in my life and that's good positive feedback and that's negative feedback. I don't let words go deep into my heart. I trust certain people that I know love me and care about me and will speak truth into my life when I need to be corrected. When I know that there's something that needs to change, it will come from them because they've got my back and they love me. And it's so important that you find a core group of people like that who will stand with you and speak real truth into your life. Guys, if you're not ready to be criticized, then you're not ready to be used. It just comes with the territory. If God is gonna do something great in your life, there's gonna be criticism with it because the enemy hates that plan and he will use people to try and get you off that course through the lens of their own failure. They'll speak really hurtful things to you. It just comes with the territory and you gotta push through that and fight through that and let your image truly be found in Jesus. You need to know who you really are. And who you are is fully loved. Who you are is fully forgiven. It's fully chosen. It's fully called. There is nothing that God would withhold from you when you are his child. He loves you guys. And I pray from this moment on, you would stop putting your identity in everything else because your image is found in your creator. And every single time you feel yourself getting off course, come back to what truly matters and where God would have you live. And here's the bottom line that I want you guys to know. My identity is found in the image of my creator. Nothing else. Doesn't matter what anyone else says doesn't matter what I feel inside. He holds my identity. And he has made me wonderful. And he has forgiven me. And he has chosen me. And the same is true for you. Keep going. Keep believing. I'll be here on the sidelines cheering you on every step of the way. There's so much potential in this room to change the world. To do great things. Love you guys. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much for your love that calls us sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord, that there is no one in this room that is a mistake. There is no one in this room that is a complete failure. I break those words over people's lives tonight. I pray, God, for people who are stuck between two images and they can't let go of the negative one. I pray as we sing this next worship set, your Holy Spirit would just move and help them to release those things that are deep inside of them. I pray, God, that they wouldn't settle for the level that they have been stuck on for too long. I pray that they would move out of that, that they would break free. I pray, Jesus, that no one would 
be like Moses in the room and be too scared or too ashamed or too fearful. I pray that they would know how truly loved they are. Thank you, God, that you are amazing, that you are fighting our battles, that you are over all things. We love you, Jesus. If you have never placed your hope in God before, some of the things that I was just talking about spoke to you. You just want to start a relationship and know what it's like to have your image found in your creator. I'm just going to lead you in a really quick prayer. It's not the words that save you, it's your faith. And you can just say these couple of words silently. Jesus, I believe that you are doing something in my heart. I believe that you are my creator, that you are my maker. And I want to know what it's like to live in your love, to live in your purpose. I want to start a journey with you tonight. I believe that you died on the cross for me and you rose again in victory. Would you guide me all the days of my life? Just with every eye closed and no one looking around. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, could you just look at me real quick just with no one looking around? Tonight was your very first time. place them with joy and new purpose. We pray this all in